You're listening to Comedy Central. Does anyone celebrate the Super Bowl? You damn straight. Greatest sporting event ever. I love it. Yeah, uh, the Super Bowl halftime show was trending today because they revealed the lineup. It's gonna be Kendrick Lamar, halftime show, not playing in the game. Kendrick Lamar is gonna be there. Eminem is gonna be there. Dr. Dre is gonna be there. Snoop Dogg's gonna be there. Mary J. Blige is gonna be there. It's gonna be the dopest halftime performance of all time. It's also gonna be one of the quietest halftime performances of all time. Because it's network television, they're gonna spend half the time censoring all of those songs. Can you imagine, like, what's the point of that? Eminem's gonna come out, let me tell you about the, and the, and the, more the, the, and the, more, more, more. over to you, Snoop. La, 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 it's the mother, Snoop Dogg, ma... just everyone's gonna be sitting at home like, what the hell's going on with my TV? Something's wrong. Some, um, all these, up, uh, 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 And then Mary J. Blige will sing and people like, she was amazing. It would be funny if she just, like, surprised people. Let's get it pumping! <laughs> no, Mary! Coming to you from the heart of Times Square in New York City, the only city in America, it's The Daily Show, Ears Edition. Tonight, Millennial M&M's, Voting Rights Gets Mansion, and Francis Ngannou. This is The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to The Daily Show. I'm Trevor Noah. Let's jump straight into today's headlines. We kick things off with the COVID vaccine. It's the reason you no longer think heroin when you see the syringe emoji. Personally, I believe that everyone should get the vaccine. I mean, except maybe Superman, right? Because he's the only one who's not vulnerable to COVID. And also the needle would just break on his skin which I guess means that Clark Kent can't get the vaccine because then people would know that he's Superman. So now he just has to pretend to be an anti-vaxxer so that he doesn't give away his secret identity. So then he gets fired from the Daily Planet. So now he works for Fox News? Anyway, the point is, the federal government tried to make it the law that all large businesses must require their employees to get vaccinated. But last week, the Supreme Court said, you can't do that. And now companies have to decide whether to keep those requirements in place. And as you can imagine, no matter what the companies choose, they're screwed either way. Well, two big name companies are taking dramatically different approaches to the federal vaccine mandate. Carhartt is standing by its employee vaccine policy. The decision though has sparked some backlash on Twitter with people threatening to boycott the company. Meantime, Starbucks is no longer requiring workers to get vaccinated against COVID-19. The company decided to reverse its policy that was announced earlier this month. The coffee giant's decision not to require workers to get the COVID vaccine or test for the virus is not sitting well with some customers. Customers. People on Twitter are calling for a boycott. Okay, before you panic, it's important to remember that just because people say on Twitter that they're gonna boycott something doesn't mean it's gonna happen. I mean, the company that people on Twitter say they're gonna boycott the most is Twitter. You see how that turns out. And also, good luck boycotting Starbucks. Yeah, how are you gonna boycott America's number one bathroom provider? Because I mean, I've got principles, but my number one principle is to not go number two in my pants. But still, man, the fact that people even jump to this just shows you how polarized America is. You can't even buy coffee or clothes without it being part of like a culture war. You bring cookies to a party now and people will be like, you got some balls bringing Chips Ahoy here after what they said about Panda Bear rights. 
This is an Oreo house. Ultimately though, these companies aren't trying to make a political statement. Whether or not to have a vaccine mandate is just one of many decisions that businesses have to make about what policies work best for them and their employees. Most of the time, just for them. You know, it's like how CVS keeps a strict one cashier per 2,000 customers ratio. And if you don't like it, you can use the self-checkout that can never tell when you've actually put your item in the bag. So you need to call that one cashier to come and help you. Those are your options. But let's move on to some science news. We all know that the surface of the earth is getting warmer, making life more difficult for everyone, except Superman. Because you see, Superman, you know what, never mind, never mind. But while we're worried about the outside of the planet getting too hot, now it turns out we also have to worry about the inside of the planet getting too cold. New this morning, Earth's core is cooling faster than scientists initially thought. Researchers made the discovery while studying a mineral found between the Earth's core and mantle. Scientists say as the Earth cools, it will eventually lose its magnetic field and become a solid, uninhabitable rock. While they don't have an exact timeline on all of that, it's not expected to happen until millions of years from now. Yeah, believe it or not, scientists say that the Earth's core is cooling faster than we thought. And look, guys, I'll be real with you. I didn't even know that the core was cooling in the first place. You know, sometimes I feel like living on Earth is like owning your first home. There's always something new that's random and breaking. And you just got a plumber coming in like, so it turns out the pipes in your light switches are leaking. I have pipes in my light switches? Yeah, how do you think your lights stay hydrated? Now look, when when I first heard that the core of the Earth was cooling, all I thought was, wow, great. Now we can finally dig a hole to China. But it turns out, If the core cools down, the magnetic field protecting Earth from cosmic radiation will disappear, and then Earth will turn into a cold, lifeless rock. And I don't mean like upstate New York, I mean like really cold. The silver lining to all of this is that it's only gonna happen millions of years from now. And by then, all humans will be dead, and we'll all be living in the metaverse. I'm living next to Snoop Dogg. So I don't know why scientists are even wasting their time with this, you know? I feel like scientists need to focus. If we don't fix COVID, I can't poop at Starbucks. Finally, let's talk about M&Ms. The only time it's okay to say, I don't like the brown ones. When you have a brand that's been around for 80 years, it's important to keep up with the times. Yeah, even Superman. He used to wear underwear outside his pants and now he has a suit that's more like body armor even though that's not really necessary since his skin is already impenetrable. But that's not what matters, it just looks cool. So yeah, M&Ms have been around for a really long time, which is why its famous advertising characters are getting a makeover for 2022. M&M making some rebranding changes. Company leaders say they're trying to make the characters, particularly the female ones, more current and representative of their consumer. Green has swapped her go-go boots for sneakers. Brown is sporting lower, more sensible heels. You're going to see our brand evolve in its look and feel to reflect a dynamic and pro- dynamic and progressive world that we're living in. For example, Green, you'll see her better reflect empowerment and confidence. You're going to see Green and Brown together being a supporting force for women who are throwing shine and not shade. Okay. I, I appreciate what this chocolate company is trying to do, but making the green M&M less sexy? I'm sorry, guys. I refuse to live in a world 
where I don't want to f- my candy. That's just going against nature. And also, who does, who does this really help? Like, were there women who identified with the green M&M? I'm genuinely asking, genuinely. Because as a guy, I know, I've never looked at any of those M&Ms and been like, yeah, that's me, bro. I feel seen. Like, this whole movement is just weird to me because I'm all for representation where it matters, but not in the things that we eat. Like, I don't want to see KFC going, our new chickens could be in your family. Okay, dig in. But I guess that's 2022, right? Women will probably lose the right to an abortion. But on the plus side, the green M&M gets to wear comfortable shoes. Hakuna Matata. Oh, and they're not just updating the green M&M and the brown one. No, the red M&M is gonna be less bossy and the orange M&M will embrace his anxiety. Which, I mean, I guess that makes sense. You should be anxious if you're about to get eaten. I know it's someone's job to think about this stuff, but I feel like we're getting too in-depth on these M&M personalities. You know, now they're like, okay, so the blue M&M was raised in a single parent household at the height of the Cold War and his family, out of here, man, it's a chocolate. Just let me eat it and get fat. All right, enough of that. Let's move on to our top story. It's about Superman. No, it's not, it's about the midterms, which is just as exciting. America's basic cable elections are coming up in November, which is just five COVID waves away. So, now's as good a time as any to check in on how America's elections are shaping up in our ongoing segment, Votegasm 2022. Voting. It's what makes America the greatest democracy in the world. And if you don't like American democracy, America will come invade your country to show you in person how good choosing for yourself is. And as we approach the 2022 midterm elections, Republican-led states across America are busy fine-tuning their voting processes to make sure that they're even more perfect. Take Texas, for example. During the last election, people were so frustrated by how many voting options they had. They could vote in person, they could mail it in, there was drive-through voting, too many choices. It was so annoying. So now Texas is saying, don't worry, we're giving you fewer options so you don't have to worry about choices anymore. Oh, and in Georgia, voters were complaining about how many convenient ballot drop boxes were cluttering the streets. Well, thankfully, there's gonna be a lot fewer of them and they're gonna be a lot harder to find this November. In Iowa, they're reducing early voting and closing the polls earlier on election day, which we can all agree is great, because who wants to vote after work? (laughs) I mean, that's prime Netflix time, baby. Democracy can wait. Now, all of these changes have just affected the process for voting, but some of America's most respected leaders are also trying to fine tune the process for counting votes. And they're doing this to make sure that the votes are counted the right way. Allies of Donald Trump are trying to remove some of the guardrails that prevented him from overturning the 2020 election. Now, according to the Post, Trump and his supporters are pushing a plan to place loyalists in key election posts from poll watchers and precinct judges to county clerks and state attorneys general. We have to be a lot sharper the next time when it comes to counting the vote. There's a famous statement, sometimes the vote counter is more important than the candidate, and we can't let that ever, ever happen again. They have to get tougher and smarter. Is that a famous saying? There's a famous saying that the vote counter, I've never heard that saying in my entire life. 
I know I'm gonna get a lot of flack for saying this, but Trump is totally right. He's right about being tough. You gotta count those votes hard. If you show any weakness, those ballots are gonna take your girl. And for Trump to say the vote counter is more important than the candidate, I mean, that just shows you how committed he is to ensuring the democratic process goes the way he wants it to. I mean, think about it. Donald Trump said, stop thinking about me so much. It's unprecedented. So that's just some of the admirable work Republicans have been getting up to. But the Democrats have been trying to make changes of their own. And if you ask them, everyone should be able to vote with barely any effort, which would be crazy because then everyone would vote, including Bill Cosby. Oh. So they've been pushing their own laws in Congress and last night they almost got their way. We're gonna begin with a major setback for Democrats on Capitol Hill. What would have been their landmark voting rights bill failed 52 to 48 in the Senate last night with two Democrats joining all 50 Republicans in opposing a rules change to push it through. To no surprise, it was Senators Kirsten Sinema and Joe Manchin who helped Republicans kill hopes for filibuster reform and voting rights. Eliminating the filibuster would be the easy way out. It wasn't meant to be easy. Yeah, Joe Manchin is right. Everything in the Senate should be as difficult as possible. If Democrats want to pass a bill, Chuck Schumer should have to carry it through a stage of American Ninja Warrior first. But yes, Republicans were able to use the filibuster to block the Democrats' voting rights bill with the help of Democrats, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. Because you see, those two do support the Democrats' voting rights bills. They just don't support making sure that they pass. Which when you think about it is actually it's so inspiring, you know? Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema believed so strongly in the power of voting that they used their vote to block voting rights for the entire country. They, they were unvoting voting by voting. So it was the right thing for Manchin and Sinema to do, and basically, everyone loves them for it. But as usual, there are haters out there who just don't get it. If you think this bill makes sense, and if you're worried about the future of American democracy, and if you are prepared to vote for the bill, then why are you wasting everybody's time and not voting for the rule change that allows us to pass the bill? You know, it's like inviting somebody to lunch, putting out a great spread, and saying you can't eat. This is why people shouldn't debate on an empty stomach. If we're not gonna pass this bill, can someone at least pass me a goddamn sandwich? But this is just classic Bernie Sanders, man. He thinks just because those two Democrats say they support the bill, they should vote accordingly. <laughs> really, Bernie? It's called politics, not logic ticks. <laughs> See what I did there? Changed it, it was politics and I made it. Maybe if he had spoken after lunch, Bernie would have understood how much sense this makes. Because what Joe Manchin is saying is, I want to help you out of the water. I'm not gonna throw you a rope, but I want to throw you the rope. And any drowning man would agree, it's the thought that counts. Isn't that right, drowning man? <laughs> Can't hear what he's saying, but he agrees. So, for whatever reason, the right to vote has gotten people very passionate on both sides. In fact, it's become such a big deal that they even woke up Joe Biden so that he could weigh in. With the voting rights push hitting a dead end, President Biden was asked whether this year's midterms would be fairly conducted and legitimate after many Republican-led states enacted new voting restrictions. It all depends on uh, whether or not we're able to make the case to the American people 
that some of this is being set up to try to alter the outcome of the election. It's never good for an American president to sow seeds of doubt uh, in the legitimacy of American elections. The language that's being used is clearly concerning. I thought that uh, undermining our election results was a threat to our democracy. The last thing you wanted to hear was to hear from President Biden that there are questions about the, the legitimacy of the elections. You needed the president to say, no, we've got the best electoral system in the world. Yes. Yeah, that's right. Joe Biden needs to step up and say that not a single other country in the world has a better electoral system than America. People in Denmark, they wish, they wish they could spend all of election day sweating in a high school gym. I mean, sure, that's why most functioning countries actually have their elections run by nonpartisan independent commissions, you know, to make sure that politicians can't twist the voting laws for their own gain. But I mean, that would just be ridiculous. I mean, think about it. You want the people in charge of the election to have some skin in the game, right? That's how you know it's fair. Imagine how stupid it would be if a basketball game had a separate group of people on the court just to enforce the rules. That would make no sense. That's why instead, the strongest teams get to decide for themselves whether they committed any fouls. And that's why, my friends, America's electoral system is still the best and why nobody should ever say otherwise, because it's not true. And also because even if it was, it would be really uncomfortable to hear. All right, when we come back, Desi Lydic will become a famous TikTok influencer. You don't wanna miss it. Welcome back to The Daily Show. A big challenge of the COVID pandemic has been, well, A, breathing, and B, convincing people to get vaccinated. But one place in America thinks it has found a solution. Desi Lydic went to find out. This last year has shown us that Americans don't trust any authority figures anymore. The government, scientists, doctors, even the English language. Maybe that's why we're ranked 46 in COVID vaccination rates. Nice job, Mauritius. But there is one group that can still convince us, social media influencers. At least that's what the Guilford County Health Department was betting on when they partnered with 41 local social media influencers to spread some fresh facts facts. Our communities are more likely to follow guidance from people that they truly trust. So we decided to do an influencer marketing campaign. But you're the expert. Why aren't they listening to you? Well, over the last year and a half, a lot of individuals became overnight public health experts. So I think that it, it also depends on personal ideology on who's an expert and who's not. Yeah, I get it. Sometimes it's better to watch the amateurs do the job rather than the pros. It's just more authentic and natural that way. Um, I don't think that we thought about it that way. And as a self-licensed juice therapist, I am all about avoiding public health experts. But why would influencers use their powers to fight COVID instead of their regular no makeup Mondays, throwback Thursdays and froyo Fridays? Uh, most of the time I'm just talking about food. So it's like, you guys can check this pizza out if you guys want to. But now I felt like I actually had a role that was beyond myself, you know? So the caption of that one just says, hey, uh, I got my vaccines. You guys should probably get yours too. Yeah, okay, but why are you wearing a shirt? We just got to get this vaccine together because we're a team and that's the only way we're going to get back to normal. Yes, that's it. We've had a lot of cases where medical professionals have looked aside African-Americans' problems that they may come in with. And for a lot of people in my community, it's just 
all-encompassing no trust in that. But as an influencer, I can influence my audience to go through the steps of getting vaccinated. I'm like the sock puppet, I guess, for those experts that they can speak to that comes off a little bit less big brothery. A sock puppet. That's a good idea. Get the vaccine. Mm hmm. The influencers were obviously buying the hashtag Backslife themselves, and they've been spreading the word on their accounts. But is anyone hashtag listening to hashtag what their hashtag saying? On Instagram, I have nearly 20,000 followers. About 2,000. I have like 1,400 followers. Basically just like a, a public account. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to take advice from someone on the internet, are you more likely to take it from someone that you know? It's a community. It's not like a, I am Jesus and you are all my followers. To be fair, Jesus had 12 followers. Yeah, so. I do have a little more than that. More followers than Jesus? Easy there, John Lennon. But is all this nano-influencing only micro-effective? We believe that those particular influencers connect on a more personal level with their community compared to some of the larger ones that can have hundreds of thousands of followers that might not have that really personal and intimate connection. So you're using the least viral influencers to stop the virus? You can say that. Okay, so how effective is this program? Are we talking Pfizer level effective or are we talking like Johnson & Johnson, it's better than nothing? So we think that the campaign has been um, incredibly successful. Within two days of that content being uh, posted, we have also seen the increase in vaccination rates. That's good news. Unfortunately, these micro-influencers are up against heavy anti-vax propaganda casting doubt on the vaccine. How many of you guys are going to be among the first to inject this experimental vaccine that's been rushed into your arms? And this anti-vax content is more infectious than COVID itself. With a social media and other platforms, it's really easy to fall into this world of personal truths. So maybe the most effective way to clean up the mess that social media has made is with more social media. Like a hair of the dog, when you have a hangover and you drink more alcohol to make it feel better. Or like uh, when you're trying not to catch a virus and you treat your body with tiny amounts of the virus so you don't get it. What's, what, what's that called? Vaccination. Yes, that's it. If the only thing to stop bad influence on social media was good influence, I wanted to give our influencers one more shot at going viral. Okay. If you're tired of staying inside. I am very tired. What's that? I'm sorry. We want our people to just stay alive. Now's the time to roll up your sleeves. Itchy. Now's the time to go get the vaccine. 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 Get, get the, the vaccine. Vaccine. It's okay. We'll workshop it. We'll get there. Thank you so much for that, Desi. All right, when we come back, I'll be joined by the UFC heavyweight champion of the world, Francis Ngannou. So stay tuned. Welcome back to The Daily Show. 
My guest tonight is Francis Nganu, who came from a poor village in Cameroon to become the UFC heavyweight champion. He's here to talk about his upcoming fight to defend his title. Francis, the Predator Nganu, welcome to The Daily Show. Thank you, Trevor. It's a great pleasure to be here. You know, this is, this is such a great experience for me having you here because we, we have so many similarities, you and I. We are both, uh, I know. you know, we're both African, right? Yeah. You know, we, we both uh, ply our trade in, in different nations and different continents. And then also, I believe that according to the last statistics, you and I both share the strongest punch ever recorded in the UFC. We, we do. Yeah, they said when you combine our punch, it is the strongest punch ever come ever in the UFC, which is amazing. Welcome to the show, man. This is this is great to have you here, champ. Thank you. And you you, you forget to mention other th mention other thing that we are we are uh, you and I we have in common, which is it's like uh, shock for American culture. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone has that when they come here. Everyone everyone experiences yeah. that. What's the what's the biggest thing that has shocked you about about being in America? Is how sometimes they treat they treat kids. People complain, uh, kids complain, and how they treat them. Right. You know, like usually when I was kid, if I complain <laughs> about something, I had a slap. <laughs> and here I'm like, oh, please eat your food, Junior. Please, baby, eat it. <laughs> oh man! I'm like, I'm like, send Junior in Africa for two days. When Junior <laughs> comes back, he will be eating all his food. They will realize how how blessed uh, they are, and right? they will be so grateful. Yeah, bro. Well, like, let's 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 talk a little bit about your life, you know, because a lot of people know you now as the champion, the heavyweight champion of the UFC. A lot of people know you as one of the hardest hitters in the world. But man, so many people don't understand your story in getting there. Like, you know, it's almost like winning the championship was one of the easiest things in your life because of how hard your life was. You know, you grew up in Cameroon. You lived a really tough life where, you know, you, you, you were living with different families. You were separated from your mother. Then you were reunited. And I mean, at the age of 11, if, if, if my research is correct, you were working in a stone quarry. Yeah, uh, in the stone quarry. I mean, uh, he was uh, since, even since age of nine, nine and 10 or 10, like that, something like that. And we were, I was very uh, small at the time and those jobs was meant for adults, but we didn't have any choice. Uh, any ch we didn't have choices, so we had to go there and like beg for a job. You were struggling. You couldn't get food in school. You, you, you couldn't even afford to stay in school. And at some point you decided as Francis, I'm gonna work as hard as I can. I'm gonna save all the money I can. And then you made a really interesting decision. You decided to get into boxing. Wh why did you think boxing would take you out of that life? For multiple reasons, they will always kick me out of the school. So I was a subject of embarrassment. And so I was, I didn't want to be embarrassed anymore. So uh, therefore I decided that I need, I need to do something that's gonna outstand me from all those kids. And so they can see that I'm not worthless, you know? Then combined with the desire of my reputation and, uh, and everything, my love with uh, combat sport, that's when I came across with uh, boxing and I was 13 years old. But problem, there is not a gym, boxing gym in the 100 miles radius. So how can I do boxing? Nowhere. Then 
after years go by, I left school, then stay in the village a couple of years. And I, I was 22 by that time. And the dream, that dream was still inside of me, like a fire. I was thinking about it all the time. I decided then to move on to the city, go chase my dream. You then go to Morocco. You then go to Spain. You get arrested in Spain for coming into the country illegally. You still manage to make your way out of that and go to France, where you then build a life and you really, it, it really is, you know what they would call it here is the American dream. You know, is that Francis Ngannou goes, I'm gonna make something of myself. And you move from boxing to the UFC where you're now the champion. And now it feels like the whole world is watching you. I mean, Cameroon, you're a hero. You know this. In Africa, you're a hero. In the world, people go, this guy is, is not just a champion, but he's one of the most dynamic fighters to watch. You've got a, a huge fight coming up against an opponent who is 10 and 0, perfect record. So I'd, I'd love to know like what you think you expect or what we should expect from this fight because it doesn't seem like it's gonna be easy even though you have some of the quickest knockouts ever recorded in UFC history. Uh, a fight will never be easy. When you're going to fight a man, you don't know what will happen. You know, there's not a fight that uh, is gonna be easy, but he's a tough guy. Um, he's a very good, talented uh, opponent and very good contender for me, but uh, you know, the fact that you say something like the perfect record, there's not a perfect record. And I have seen 10 and 0 before. Mm. It's not my mm. first mm. 10 and 0. <laughs> and God knows what happened to those 10 and 0. I mean, all your fans are behind you. Everyone can't wait to see what's going to happen in this fight. Um, one of the things people are also waiting to see is what happens after the fight. You, you're not the only UFC fighter who's come out and said, you feel like you should be getting paid more. The sport is making so much money now. It's becoming one of the most widely watched sports in the world. And, and you have said very publicly, you said, guys, Francis Ngannou deserves more money. I know this is the last fight that you've been contracted to um, in, in the UFC. You know, what do you, what do you see for yourself in the future and what do you hope that the sport will learn to appreciate from you? Well, for the future, I uh, see. Um, I see. Uh, I expect uh, to have a, a better contract, better contract structure. Something that put me in the safe position. You know, I'm doing a sport that is very risky, yeah. very uh, tough, and the sport is generating generating money. And I just need. I'm not asking to share, but I just need to have some respect to see that I'm worth it. I mean, we we need to grow. We need to be safe. We need uh, um, insurance. We need her insurance. You are doing a sport that you're putting yourself on the line, your health, and you don't even have guarantee. And those for those fighters who have the minimum uh, salary, uh, they can't even afford a, uh, to pay for their injury. They can't right, even afford right, right. A physical therapies. They can't even afford a good uh, her care. Nothing. What I respect about you as well is that you don't just want that for yourself. You also want it for other fighters and, and you also want that for other human beings. Talk to me about like what you're trying to do and what you dream of doing in Cameroon for kids who grew up in a world that you grew up similar to. Personally, I know how I feel when I meet somebody like that, when I have a chance. I always look up to somebody like Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And recently uh, he notices me you know, and now we even chat, I text and the rock text back and sometimes <laughs> he lets me avoid me. When, and then when I wake up someday, just listen to a direct voice, uh, voice message. You know, I go out there that day, I work double of what I sh I wow, supposed to work. that's amazing, like, man. I'm just motivated. I'm like, damn, the rock just leave me a message. 
this is it, you know. The enthusiasm, the motivation of that justice message, you know, and then I realized how how great is it to be in the position that you have that power to like maybe just talk to somebody and change his day wow. or his life. And I, I want to be the same thing, the same thing for others. Basically, knowing from where I came from, that's what we need. We just need hope. From my experience, I believe that somebody that has hope and self-believing is a successful person. Doesn't right. matter if you have zero dollar uh, in your bank account, that faith will push you out there and then will uh, make you um, a successful person. Well, Francis Nganu, you're a champion both in and out of the octagon. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. We look forward to the fight. We look forward to the future. And uh, hopefully uh, I'll see you again in person, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Trevor. It's been a great pleasure to meet you finally. The pleasure's all mine, my friend. The pleasure's all mine. Thank UFC you. UFC 270, Nganu versus Gain, takes place January 22nd, and you can watch it on ESPN+. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this. Well, that's our show for tonight, but before we go... America is facing its worst blood shortage in more than a decade, largely in part to the drop in donations since the start of the pandemic. But giving blood is easy, and just one blood donation can save up to three lives. So if you would like to help end this blood crisis, you can sign up online with the American Red Cross, or you can call 1-800-RED-CROSS, or you can find a donation site near you through America's blood centers at the link below. Until next time, stay safe out there, get your vaccine, and remember, Earth is gonna be a dead planet soon. So have sex with your candy while you can. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central, and stream full episodes anytime on Paramount+. Plus. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 